Hello and welcome to Left on Red, the podcast where we delve into the crushing psychological weight of being alive. Back here for a quick <laughs> episode with Shane. That's me. So Shane, you showed up with three cans of the bubbly soda drink. Six cans, three for each. Three for each, so that you point blank asked me to rate them. Yes. And you brought pineapple, grapefruit, and orange. And I've already delved into the fact that I hate the orange. <laughs> I've tried it before. So I bring it in, knowing in my head... There is two S-tier drinks here, S being the top. Keep in mind, this is an opinion. And then there's one like D-tier drink. And I'm thinking, mm, I wonder if he's going to spot the mulligan out of the three. <laughs> and you just basically said they're all trash. Yeah. I told you <laughs> when you pulled them out. The moment you pull them out of your bag, you know, I pull out my coffee because I'm pretty tired today. And this guy goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't want to be drinking that, you know, because what I'm going to give you. It's going to make you yak. And honestly, you hit the <laughs> nail on the head because I hate bubbly. <laughs> Why, but, man? You got to go into that. Because I, I, I don't have such dulled taste buds. Or actually, I do have dulled taste buds. They're not active oh. to taste such such minute, you know, like hint of, hint of lime. Yeah. You know, or transported in a truck near bananas. Mm. You know, it, it just doesn't get to me. I Do you know how they put the flavors in them? <laughs> Where well, they just, Drop, I have no idea. Drop one lime in like 500 <laughs> gallons of it and then carbonate it. Is is that what it is? Like it's just like a condensed like lime juice and then they just drop it into like a well, giant. It says pool. on it, no, no artificial, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it literally says natural flavor. But like did they get like lime air and they blow it at it or something? Like I don't know how they do lime that. Lime air and they just take, they have their lime farm and they blow the exhaust fan into the drink. Well, I don't know how they maybe do it, they bro. Car- maybe they carbonate it with like gas <gasps> lime oh because then yeah as how do they get around the no artificial flavor thing i don't know maybe we're just fucking idiots maybe it's a real flavor it, it's like i said we you know we can't pretend that we're smarter than the bubbly engineers that's right you know it's like they don't want you to know you know what i mean i feel like it's all a scam no artificial flavors no artificial colorings no artificial whatever like yeah. come on come on what if they say it's not artificial meanwhile it's just like where do you draw the line I don't know. That's the thing. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. At what point, you know, like if you're crushing up a banana into like banana paste and you're mixing it with all like, say, these like antioxidants or whatever, at what point is that banana considered not natural? Mm -hmm. Although like the banana taste that we know and love, the artificial banana taste isn't even based off of the current banana. Mm -hmm. I guess when you think like artificial in my eyes, I think of like some white powder getting added to like a pool of liquid and it's like, ah. This is good. Yeah, that's that's why I would imagine like artificial flavor. Or same with coloring, just food coloring. But like, what's artificial coloring matter to people? Like, food coloring is like so harmless. Is it? I have no idea. Well, I mean, like, if you take it in like large quantities and you know, it can make your poop different colors. But you know, what's oh, the wow. harm in that? How do you know this? I know a lot about, or I know a little <laughs> about a lot. That's how I spend my days doing anything <laughs> I can but my job. That's why I know so much about Chernobyl. That's awesome. So, can you listen to podcasts? On your job, like while you're working? Yeah, yeah. If I'm doing something that's not very like um, mentally intensive, if mm-hmm. it's just dulled out, I've done it a thousand times, then yeah, I, oh. I just listen to a podcast, but if it's something that I have to focus on. You uh, turn that down. It really, it, I have to turn it down. And it, it screwed me over today because I got in a whole, uh, I got the karma train run down no on way. me pretty hard. What happened? So we have a couple of recalls going on, you know, at the Honda and um, they involve fuel pumps and fuel tanks. Those are two different things. And... We have recalls out for a lot of them. And the other day I had a fuel pump to do on a CRV. And the guy beside me had a fuel tank 
to do on an accord. But he mis- misread the work order and he took my fuel pump and put it in his car. Uh oh. So I get rushed into this, you know, like, cause I'm the fuel pump guy up until today, that is. It was the, hey, I need this done real quick. It's a, it's a rush waiter. I know you're the only one that can do it in 15 minutes. It's like, no problem. Mm-hmm. I got you. Self proclaimed fuel pump master here. Mm-hmm. So I show up, go to the counter. No fuel pumps pulled out for me. Hey, where's my fuel pump, man? He's like, oh, I already put it out. I was like, I don't know what to tell you because I never took it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, well, who else is doing a fuel pump? Nobody else is doing a CRV fuel pump. Is doing a, I'll cut that out. Cut out his name when you get to the okay. post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the guy beside me is doing a fuel pump on an Accord. Mm-hmm. So I go and I grab the box that would have the part number on it. I say, hey, can you match the part number? I go up to him. I show him. He's like, yeah, that's a CRV one. It's like, ah, oh, he put it in the car. No. So I go and tell him, break him the bad news. Hey, man, you put the wrong pump in here. Yeah. And then he's got to go through the phase where he just figured out that he wasn't even supposed to put a fuel pump in there. He was supposed to put a fuel tank in that car. Ooh. So now he's got all this extra work to do. And I have all this extra work to do of taking the fuel pump that he just put in this car to put it in my car. So I'm razzing him about it, you know, as you do, you know, you know nice new school dumbass, you know, just, yeah. just like normal shit like that. And I pretty much did the exact same thing today. No way. I took the wrong fuel pump and I installed it in the wrong vehicle. Oh my God. So I had to redo it. <laughs> Is, do you think it's because you razzed them? That it came back to bite you in the ass. Yeah, yeah. I only, <laughs> I only believe in karma when it's at work, oh, and I man. only believe in karma at work because our advisor believes in karma heavily. Wow. So it was like when he when he figured that out, he's like, "It's karma, isn't it?" I was like, "Yeah, I was uh, I was razzing them yesterday about it." So he's like, "It's only fair, man." <laughs> That's how you're gonna develop morals, Stephen. You're just gonna like do shitty things to people, and it's gonna come right back at you, and you're gonna be like. Yeah, I probably shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, usually, usually I'm usually, like, usually I'm pretty light on it, but he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, so obviously you got to capitalize on the situation. <laughs> so it's uh, I yeah. had to be a dick, man. How couldn't I? <laughs> uh, right, right. So I just, I had to be in that place at that time, but unfortunately, it bit me in the ass today. Wow. So it really screwed me, especially like the state that I'm in today. I got my vaccine yesterday. Boy, is it kicking my ass. Just the first one. Yeah. It, like my arm was so sore and like going to bed, like I could barely move my arm. And I probably woke up like 12 times in the night because mm-hmm. I'd roll over on my arm in my sleep and wake up because it felt like somebody just cold cocked me in the shoulder. Whoa. You literally felt like you just got. Yeah. Like you roll punched. over and you just wake up to like. <laughs> it was that bad for you, man. Yeah. I, I didn't like windmill my arm for 20 minutes after I got it. I'm so. not trying to call you a pussy or anything like that, bro. But like <laughs> I, I was doing arms that morning and then I went in to get my vaccine and I came back and I continued to do arms. And then the next day it hurt. But I because, was, because you're exercising. I didn't exercise. it. Oh, you just chill. Yeah. Like I just I, I chill. It took my 15 minutes. I went back to work light load because I didn't want to like, you know, make it worse by working. But realistically, yeah. I should have kept it moving. Right. You know, what I find the interesting thing is, though, because we had blood work done. We had like eight needles in like one day. The vaccine needle. Nothing, man. Didn't even feel the needle. At all. I was like, yeah, done. I, I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. It wasn't long and drawn out or anything. Yeah. like that. I was a quick pop. That's it. But that's the thing. They put it in your muscle and not your vein. Yes. So then it's like your muscle healing is a different process than your vein just closing up. You know what I mean? And I'm aware of that pain like when I used to work out and be fit and whatnot. But Mm -hmm. I feel like uh, 
part of it, you know, me being a huge pussy about it, is that everyone else got their vaccine like four inches lower on their arm, and I got mine like <laughs> up near my shoulder. Uh -oh. So the whole time it just feels like my shoulder is dislocated. Can I ask you a question, Stephen? What do you mean you used to be fit? What is that supposed to mean? You saying I'm fit now? Yeah. Nice. Well, score. I, I don't know. If I used to be in a way better Phys physio physical condition. You know, beaches are opening soon, Steven. I don't know if you've seen my Snap story or not. Uh, I did. <laughs> I, I see that you're promoting some stuff. Once again, looking oddly shredded in your pictures. Well, you say it like suspiciously shredded. What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. Innovation, <laughs> baby. Okay, let me call you out a little bit. We went cliff diving, albeit almost a year ago. And you have, you have a great definition and whatnot, but you did not look as shredded as you did in these pictures. What do you think is going on? It's just, it's just like some nice lighting. <laughs> Fuck you, man. What are you talking about? I got nice lighting in my ass. <laughs> we down here. I'm still shredded 30 minutes later. What do you say? I don't know what to say. I mean, about. I am pretty bloated off three bubblies right now, but that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, I bloated off of three sips of each of them before I spit it out later. Basically, what's happening is I'm partnering with Nick, and Nick owns this company called Kinovation. Yes. And what that is, is like, all his knowledge. We should have had Nick on to tell us about Kinovation because yeah, he still would have been explaining the title. Yeah, seven yeah. We, minutes we'd in. still be on the title phase. All the acronyms full out. <laughs> but um, please tell me Kinovation is an acronym. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's kinesiology. No, 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 no. Don't worry. Um, basically, what it is is it's using his knowledge from his like bachelor in kinesiology and his master's in health science, and we're putting it into exercise, nutrition, everything you need to know to live your best life. He wants to start training like athletes that go to like high levels, right? But he's on the ground floor of it right now. Yeah. We're like, he doesn't have his master's just yet. He's like a couple months away. Yeah. But you can still have all that quality knowledge that you'd be getting and paying like, like completely out of your budget. Yeah. But you'd be able to get that for like 25 bucks a month uh -huh. through him now because he hasn't graduated yet. So it's almost like investing in a product when it's still on the ground floor. And the benefit of it doing it now is you'd be literally able to FaceTime on like whenever you want and being like, oh, Nick, I had a question about this. If I work out this certain way, is this good or bad for me? Yeah. Like I literally call this guy like three times a day. And yeah. he's, he's there to answer any of my dumb questions. And I'm thinking like, bro, this is a priceless asset for anyone who's trying to get in shape. Yeah. And he's also your friend too. Yeah. He, he wouldn't be coaching 30 people calling him three times a day. Well, that's why you gotta get, got to get on the ground floor. Cause once he's booked like crazy, yeah, then he's not going to have time. Yeah, for now that. you're only going to get one call every, once a week. Yeah. Well, most people aren't as like insane as, as I am with working out and shit. So. Yeah. If the gyms were open, I would love to get back into it mm -hmm. because I want, like, I want that addiction to it again. Yeah. Even though like I'm, I'm trying to put on weight now. And hope that we get that 70% vaccination of the country and then things can actually open back up. Yeah. I would love to go back to the gym or buy workout equipment, but I just don't have the space here to do it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I don't have the time. I have to like, you know, it always seems like you don't have the time until you actually make the time. Yeah. So I, I have to have that available to me to be able to carve that out in my schedule. So you right? think half of it's not having the equipment and the other half's not having the time. Yeah. But well, like when I, when I went to the gym, it didn't seem like it was you know ruining my schedule. I just yeah. I went to the gym. You know what? It's kind of the but same now, with yeah. saving money too. You know how people say like I can't save money because I need it for my bills. Yeah. But then you you go behind their back and you take out like twenty five percent of their paycheck and then they don't even notice. Yeah, it's, it's called like tax. they still run their lives and then <laughs> it's called taxes. Yeah, yeah, literally. But that's the funny thing. And when you think about like not having the equipment, 
I did everything I've done up until this point, basically on like a pull-up bar and a bike and some running shoes. Yeah. Like, like I, I didn't I can't have run like a, for my knees. Like I, I'm going yeah. into biking and my legs are so much better. Like my knees used yeah. to hurt like every single day. And I don't like, I, I listen. So I will tell people that my knees hurt. My boss asked me today. He's like, do you get knee pain? I was like, yeah, all the time. Why? What do you want to know? And he's asking me questions about all, oh, you know, I've done this, I've done this. Oh, uh, well, like, what do you do? I was like, honestly, man, you just suck it up and work out. Wow. Cause it was like, like I didn't exaggerate it when I said my knees hurt every day cause they did. Mm-hmm. But now that I've been like biking more, like I can actually go a day at work without wearing my knee braces. Wow. And they like, they don't hurt. So what I think it is, is it's blood flow. Yeah. That's a big thing. Cause when you're just chilling and your blood's not reaching like a, a zone two, they call it, or a zone three mm-hmm. or four or five. Like a break high- down a zone real quick. So based on, excuse me, it's the bubbly. It's the bubbly. <laughs> Our unofficial sponsor. That's um, why they call it bubbly. Yeah. Based on your age, you have what these, these things called heart rate zones. Mm-hmm. And your zone five would be your max. So like for your age, your max heart rate would be for like 22 years old, like like 205 or something like that. Like your yeah. absolute like max. And you go more than that, you're going to die. Yeah. And then you have your zone four, which is like a step below that. And why these zones matter is because around zone one and zone two, you're burning fat. Yeah. And above the zone two and zone three and zone four, then you're burning a different energy source, mostly glucose, like your fast carbohydrate, like like your sprinter muscle. Think Mm -hmm. of it that way. So when you're in zone one or two, you're doing like a marathon. Like you're, you can go for a very long time at a low heart rate and not like really push yourself out. Yeah. So, um, I don't know what the fuck I was going at. <laughs> I decided you to quickly explain like a zone, yeah. but yeah, you went yeah, into yeah. a full like thesis of it. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I never get past zone two. Oh yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry. I, I know exactly where yeah. I was going with this. So if you're just chilling all day and you're not even like breaching like zone one or zone two, it's not like pushing enough blood flow throughout your body yeah. to recover your muscles. Cause like, this is a little anecdotal, but this is what I feel like go- is going on. But you have like a lot of toxins that build up in your legs overnight lactic acids right lactic acids build up when you're working out but your lymph nodes oh man the bubbly fucking love bubbly (laughs) it tastes so good (laughs) but um there's other things that build up in your legs and other parts of your body and as you work it works these toxins out of your legs and through your body through your liver and it gets filtered out Mm -hmm. but if you're staying in such a low zone that it's not actually like forced that's why they recommend 30 minutes of exercise yeah it's not forcing that all those toxins out of your leg and all those muscle byproducts out and filtered out through your level liver, your, um, your toxins are just like increasing and increasing. It's getting worse. So you got to exercise. I do exercise. I just never get to that point where I'm like huffing and puffing for breath with a massive, like, like a heart rate. That's real going. Yeah. Like even when I got on the elliptical that has the pulse reader, I probably barely ever got over like 140, 150. Hmm. I see. Like sometimes it would, it would like misread and say like 171 for like a couple seconds. It would misread. <laughs> well, because it go it say like 171 and then it yeah. dropped down to like 120. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's this thing called polarizing training or polar training. And basically what that is, it's not like cold. Yeah. Which you think of polar, but think of polar like a Polaroid where it's like black and white. Okay. You know what I mean? So you, 80% of your time, you want to be in like those zone one or zone two, like doing very like low intensity training where you can go for like hours on end and not really exhaust yourself. Yeah. But then 20% of the time, so let's say you're working out every single day, 
for, for like five days or seven, six days of the week, you're just doing low intensity stuff. But then one day of the week, that's the 20%. You are just pushing yourself to the absolute limit. And what that does is it grows your VO2 max. It grows your mitochondria on your cell to actually be able to sustain these crazy workouts. And that's that's the growth process. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like how you move up in weight. Exactly. You don't always go hard and hit your PR every single day. It's the 80-20 rule. Now, the thing that with with Peloton, which is so stupid, (laughs) this processed cheese workout is like they'll be doing like 50-50 every single day where it's like half the day they'll be like cycling easy at for 10 minutes like barely even breathing you know what i mean and then for like 30 seconds it's like max intensity they're just huffing and puffing and they can't breathe but like all these people that actually know like kinesiology and health science it's like what the hell are you doing (laughs) you either have like a 20 percent day or an 80 percent day you don't mix the two i feel like everyone would treat that whole not to call it a scheme but that whole idea differently everybody's different at the end yeah. of the day. And at the end of the day, even if you are on a Peloton, you are moving your body. It's a net positive. But if you're actually trying to like improve as an athlete, it is like the wrong way to do it. If oh. you put, if you put someone that's in a Peloton doing like quote unquote triathlete distances and like Olympic yeah. Ironman distances, if you put them in an Ironman, bro, they wouldn't make it past like the first quarter, bro. No, no, <laughs> they no. Would like, die. like sitting, sitting on my elliptical upstairs and doing 10 kilometers versus yeah. actually going out and doing 10 kilometers on my actual bike, two yeah. whole different things. It is. Yeah. On the topic of Peloton, did you hear about that guy who, how would they say it? Uh, he basically, they called it, it was like a doping scheme, but they do it. So it's like you're basically doing like those, um, what are those uh, bike races called? Like the one in France where they go around. Tour de France. So it's basically like those, like those type of bike races. Yeah. But they basically just hook all of your uh, Pelotons up together in those bikes. Oh. So it's like you're doing it virtually. A virtual Tour de France. Yeah. So you're, as much as you're pedaling, as much as you're putting out on the screen, it basically just has like live timing who's first. And there's this guy that was yeah. just always first, always ahead and breezed up the hills. Was he hacking? Yes. They oh. found out that he, so when you take the bike apart, there's essentially just a little sensor that's inputting how much the wheel is spinning versus yeah. how much you're pedaling it. So he's just changing the ratio. So he's how much he's actually pedaling, pedaling is going up versus what it's actually inputting mm. through the device into his live timing. Wow. So even on the screen, it looks like he's like pedaling and he's clearing them. Yeah. But meanwhile, because they have like a live feed of him. Yeah. Pedaling on his bike at home. Yeah. And then there's like, you know, the the fake virtual one where he's actually going and you see where they start going up a hill and he's like, like his pace does not change at all. Really? Yeah. Normally people like get off the saddle and like start pushing, right? Like start sprinting, but yeah, not him. But there's no real like weight behind it. It's just, it's just extra resistance on the wheels. So it would totally feel different, but it was weird to see like virtually doping (laughs) show up on like my my YouTube recommended. You know what? I think I might've seen that just pop up on like a news snippet where like he, he won, but then they found out he was cheating and they took his medal away. Yeah. That's how it always works. That's how it worked. Yeah. Oh my God. Then they ban him for a couple years. I imagine getting banned from a virtual tour de France. What a a clown. That's still a funny story to tell. Yeah. He was on the podcast. I'd be like, yo, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How do I do it? Show me how to do it on my bike upstairs. And be like, yo, Spike 60k. Yeah. You know what? That's actually similar to how you um you break those e-bikes in like how you crack the the speed. Yes, to let you go faster. So yeah. what what it Most does of it is, is just a current limiter. Well, it, every single bike is different. So don't take this for a hard and fast rule. 
but on some bikes, the cadence limiter on the on the wheel, for example, there's like a mm-hmm. magnet on the wheel, and it'll say to the bike, "Okay, he's going 31 kilometers an hour. Yeah, let's let's cut the power." Now people take that limiter off, and then they put it on like on the crank, like where your your pedals are, and that's never going to go as fast as the wheel. So yeah. it just never hits that cap. Your yeah. your pedals would have to be going like like. 2000 rpm there was yeah. no chance right? that, that device essentially exists on every electric bike with a speed governor but they intentionally make it in a position that's hard to get to oh like inside the wheel or something yeah like inside the wheel or like way inside the electrical motor if they mm. have it's just an output shaft speed sensor yeah it doesn't need to be on the wheel you don't just cut the red wire and hope for the best yeah it can take calculations from way before it gets the wheel to find out how fast you're going wow and I know there's some like mod kits you can get for it too, where you can like hook it up via like Bluetooth or something. And then just like, they're getting advanced to mod kits for them now, where you just like hook it up through like your phone and yeah. it's like off road mode. And then it's like 70 kilometers an hour on a street bike. Let's get it. But then you get the book thrown at you, as Stephen would say. Yeah, you get the book thrown at you. And also, if you're going 70 kilometers an hour on a bike that's only meant to do 30, on a bike that's supposed to have, you know, a 50 kilometer range, now you got it down to like 10. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's extremely exponential how fast you're going for how long you're going. I just want to be that guy who's like awkwardly walking around like, can I can I plug in my bike to your house? <laughs> you guys got an outlet out here? You got to get home. Just on those porch outlets? Yeah. So back to your um, your little kinesiology experiment. Did I say that right? Kinesiology? Yeah, you're spot on. Nice. So smart, man. I should be doing this. So how do you start? So you start in this phase, and what what is the first things? What is the first thing that Nick tells you to do? So first of all, you're gonna send me your if you have me on Snapchat, go for it. You're just gonna send me your goal. So like as soon as I posted it, this one girl sent me a snap, a snap, and she's like, "I want to lose 45 pounds by the end of the year." So first thing I do is I ask Google, "How many days are left in the year?" It's like 221 days. 221. Okay, that that was a bad so start. Like, first thing I do is ask Google how this girl's <laughs> gonna lose 45 pounds. And then, so I'm like, okay, it turns out to be like seven and a half months. I'm like, okay. That's doable. So I messaged her right away. I'm like, that's absolutely doable. I'm going to get Nick to talk to you. And he's a pro. And yeah. like, okay. So I gave him each other snaps and all that. And they had a little free consultation and it's just gold from there. You know what I mean? He's going to tell her, okay, what are you eating right now? He's not like a, a certified nutritionist because that's like a three, four year course alone. Right. Yeah. But he can say like, if I were you, I would be eating these supplements or something. I would be eating oatmeal in the morning instead of cornflakes or yeah, whatever. And then she's the engineering like, route. Like, yeah, 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 this yeah. Exactly. Not advice, but if <laughs> exactly, and people will get that point. Right. And, um, the other thing we're going to do is we're going to have a little like snap group. So only the people that are like actually paying or in like the month free trial or whatever for this, yeah. I don't know if we're doing a month free trial. Maybe, maybe, maybe this summer we will, <laughs> but, um, they'll get invited to like the snap group or the Facebook group or the WhatsApp group, whatever group it is. And we'll either like just post like, Hey, we're going for like a run at this time. And if everyone in the area is like, okay, with five K's or whatever, we'll invite them for like a five K or it's like, Oh, we're going for like a 20 kilometer bike ride or something. Or who's up for it. And it's like, yeah. everyone will be joining or even like if someone does a big workout, they just post it to the snap group. And it's like that group motivation. And I know this works firsthand because I've been training with some old guys and old guys like on bikes, have monkey strength, bro. They're like a diesel <laughs> engine. Literally, it takes them a while to get going. I'm beating them in the sprints. Like, if I'm joking. I'm laughing by them. And then next thing you know, they come powering up the hill angry, bro. And you can't stop. You can't stop yeah. these guys, bro. And they're passing you on these hills. These 60-year-old men, I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, their pace is just insane. It is. And, like, I'm a young kid. Like, I thought I'd be flying past them. But 
they walked me through the dust. I was literally like a kilometer behind them. And I got done. We did like an 80K ride. And I got done. I'm sitting there panting, looking at him like, bro, showed me anything. Like first, first thing I learned was it's not the bike, it's the rider. Cause I'm on like a $10,000 bike. It's crazy. Yeah. And the other thing they told me that showed me was if you're around people that are a lot better than you, cause my max distance before that was like 50K. Yeah. And I did 80. Yeah. Like, you will do better just if you're around people that will bring you up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let me ask you this. So, so that obviously answers the question. Like, are you intimidated or challenged by people who are outperforming you? I am hundred percent challenged. I feel like I am challenged yeah. up until the point that I try it because I have to set the bar. So if I, so, it, you know, if you're running 10 K and I go, oh, okay, I'm going to run with Shane to see how far I go. You know, I'm challenged to go 10 K with you. But then mm-hmm. if I only make it like seven before I'm like gassed, mm-hmm. then I'm like, ah, then I'm kind of just like intimidated. I'm like, ah. no, but, but I give it a try. I feel like you would still go farther than you would without me. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. without you, if you're, if you're on the bike, for example, upstairs and yeah. you're like biking, oh, I did my 10 K and you're kind of like, it's too easy to stop on your own. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I you're can go have some lunch right now, mind. whatever. Yeah. Like the first slightest inconvenience stops yeah. you. Yeah. But if I'm going to the eighth inconvenience and, and you don't want to be the guy that quits 45 minutes early, you're like, ah, yep. okay, I'll, I'll keep going. Like, so I still go. going. And the next thing you know, you've done double, you've done 20 K, you know, it's yeah. like, I think the power of the five monkeys is like literally don't laugh. Monkey together, strong. (laughs) There's this cool um I don't know if I talked about this last time, but there's this African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, do it alone. If you want to go far, do it together. And yeah, I believe that. It's so true because whenever I do these like big distances, it's always with other people. Whenever I go fast and I try to beat my PR, it's always by myself. Yeah, because the only one you're competing with is yourself. It's easier to beat like a speed record than it is a distance record on your own. Mm -hmm. But it goes into how you want to challenge yourself. Mm -hmm. It helps with drafting too. I say that right now because we are going into some crazy headwinds, bro, like 30 plus kilometer headwinds straight at us. And unless you have someone in front of you blocking that wind, you're getting like pushed back. It's insane. You're literally like full out sprinting just to go like 20 kilometers an hour. Yeah. It's insane. Where normally you'd be going like 35 to 40. Yeah. And then the thing is on the way back, it's tripped me out, man. I feel like I was in a dream. Because you're running so fast with the wind at your back. I was, I was biking. I was biking like 35 or something like that. And the wind was going the same speed. So it felt like it, like you there, there was, was no wind. Zero, we were in a vacuum. There was literally zero wind, even though you were going fast. It's like I literally couldn't even say. It, but I was like, <laughs> I looked like an idiot because I was like waving my arms around in the air, and I'm like, <laughs> is this real life? <laughs> There's no wind, and I'm going fast. But we was really matching the wind speed and direction to a T, where we were just in a vacuum. Yeah. It was the coolest experience in like the last like 72 hours. That would be pretty crazy. Yeah. I've had a similar experience to that riding my motorcycle away from the rain mm. because you can look behind you and you can see that it's traveling right behind you. You're going as fast as the rain clouds are Whoa. proceeding towards you. You must be going pretty fast then. It, all storms are different, right? They could be moving yeah. at 15 kilometers an hour. They could re- be moving at 90. Wow. But it's like just one of those scenarios where like I'm moving as fast as it's proceeding towards me. Yeah. I did that leaving your house one time. It was going like 70 kilometers, 80 kilometers down. Yeah. And it's just... Like I'm looking in my mirrors and I see the roads getting wet behind me. But in front of you is completely dry. Yeah. I'm completely dry. If I slow down, like I slow down to take a corner, then it'd start raining. No way. Yeah. That's trippy. So I like go past it. Wow. Do you find that, that since our recent discovery of the 12 rules of life, that you've invested time into this kinesiology trick? 
as a means to reach the peak physical performance. What's that uh, the old Roman proverb? Tr- proverb. Everyone, uh, every man has the right to find out the peak of their abilities. Something like that. No man has the right to be an amateur in the matter of physical training. It is a shame for a man to grow old without seeing the beauty and strength of which his body is capable. Did Jordan P. Peterson say that? No, that was uh, Socrates. 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 I'll let it that out. I'll let it slide. Here, that was uh, Socrates. <laughs> so he's basically saying that everyone should give it their all. Is that is that you should you should see what your peak performance is? Yeah. Obviously, everyone's is different, but you have it's zone a shame five. for you to never reach yours. Yeah. You got to hit that zone five. That's it. So we we got a bit into the uh, the twelve rules of, uh, twelve rules of life last. We we, st- we started on the first one. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get into some more of them? Absolutely. So number two was one? treat yourself like someone you are responsible for helping. Oh my gosh, man! This is literally okay. So you asked me why I've been getting into kinesiology and all that. Yeah. A mixture between rule one and two, but I'm going to say more heavily on two. I'm treating myself more in 2021 like I am someone who I'm responsible for helping. That's because you're responsible for helping somebody reach their physical performance peak for somebody to reach their weight loss goal or somebody to reach their personal Mm -hmm. record. So you are treating yourself like that because you're helping this person or these people. You know what's the coolest thing? Okay, so throughout my journey of helping myself through like my body, my mind and all that, I've come to a point where I've, I'm, I'm almost like, okay, I don't really need help anymore. Obviously, like I'm always improving. But yeah. you know when you're on the airplane and it's you like, should never You should never think that you don't need help anymore. Yeah, yeah. There's, always, there's, there's no ceiling to what you can learn. Absolutely. You know when you're on an airplane and there's like put your own mask on first and then put on other person's? Yeah. Right now, like today, me and Nick were talking. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm at the point right now where it's like I'm, I'm helping other people put their mask on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, like, I'm happy with where I'm at and what I'm doing to the point where I'm like, how can I make their life better? How can I make Steven's life? How can I make Nick's life better? You know what I mean? I definitely try to follow that because, (coughs) (coughs) sorry. So I definitely try to follow that because you want what's best for the people that are around you. But Mm -hmm. the problem with that is that if you spend so much time focusing on what's best for those around you, what's best for those around you is not necessarily what's best for yourself. So unless you're treating yeah. it with somebody who has the same goal or similar goal with you, it's only really going to come as a negative for you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. So by me helping Nick find clients and all that for his kinesiology business, mm-hmm. it's already helped me because he's like, okay, cool. Do you want to be like our training model for, for kinesiology for, but that, but that, that would tie into it being a similar goal to you. Yeah. So give me an example of, of the polar opposite, play devil's advocate here. So how would helping someone play against you? So say I have no interest in peak physical performance. I don't care about Socrates, but I helped did all of the stuff for you guys to get clients for Mm -hmm. your kinesiology. Mm -hmm. It's not helping me at all, but I'm spending a lot of time and energy to help you guys do it. Yeah. It's not a positive for me. So I know what you're kind of saying about like there's a sunk cost where you're putting all this energy and time into it and you're not seeing any like anything out of it. I'm not saying you have to be selfish, but you kind of have to adopt a a type of nihilistic tendency when you're trying to focus on personal gain and Mm -hmm. self-growth. See, here's the thing where like there's always going to be a positive 
even in the worst situations, because you're going to be learning something. You know what I mean? It's like, even if, for example, okay, you help us like find some people that we can help, um, like better their lives, better their body, better everything. Right. Mm -hmm. In the least, you're going to be a better like salesperson because of it. Cause you're going to learn how to talk. You're going to talk to people who you haven't talked to in ages because they're just like, Hey, I, I've been, I have some training goals that haven't been fulfilled. And then they start talking to you. Like it's so hard to do something and not have some benefit attached to it. You know what I mean? You could literally you know shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah. Not literally, but like, and have some benefit attached to it. You know what? And double record the part where I say this, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can't think of one single situation where if you do something like you're not going to learn from it. Yeah. But let me play devil's advocate again. Okay. Although you are benefiting from it, you would benefit more if it was something focused on exactly what you need instead of something that you but, do but need. in the words of Jordan B. Peterson, what the hell do you know? <laughs> what do you know? Such that, a bland and cool. What do you know that you need? You know what I mean? Because half the time I think I need something. I really don't. Do I need a Porsche Taycan? Well, listen. No. <laughs> do I want it? Yeah. Also, in the words of Jordan, Jordan Peterson, you can have more than you got because you are more than you are. In your mind, you you are more than you think yes, you are. You can have more than you have because you are more than you are. There is no ceiling, Shane. You can always be more than you currently are. I believe it. I believe just if everyone had integrity to themselves as much as they hold each other to the same level of integrity, they would have on it. The whole world would be a different place. That so actually, I'll, I'll that actually wait, that actually ties in perfectly to number four. So we, if we skip over three, number yeah. four, that ties in perfectly of compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not who someone else is today. Can I finish this tangent real quick? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what I'm talking about when it comes to, if you hold yourself to the same level of integrity that you expect from other people, damn, that sounds good. Can someone quote me on that? <laughs> so, for example, if you don't do something, if you're like five minutes late or something like that, yeah, and I'm getting like, I'm triggered, you know, I'm holding yourself to this high level of integrity. Steven said he was going to be here at this time and he didn't, you yeah. know what I mean? But it's like, if you think back to it, how many times was I late? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I might hold myself to that same standard, like one out of 10 times. But you're as early, soon as this, someone you're early me, this time, recording this time, you're early, but you're normally a little bit late. I had, I had some free time, but, um, you know what I mean, right? It's like if everyone has that basic level of integrity where every time they said they're going to do something, they do it on time and how the quality they said they're going to do it. Not only was I on time, but I, I yeah. delivered. I came with everything I was going to come with. I didn't yeah. have to run back and make an excuse. You know what I mean? You're right. So if everyone held themselves to that level, I feel like what was rule number two again. Rule number two was treat yourself like someone who you are responsible for. For helping. Yeah. I feel like that would be the number one way to help yourself is to treat somebody else as if you would treat yourself. That's a pretty common one. Treat, treat others yourself. like you yeah. want to be treated. Yeah. In the, in the lens of integrity, that's for sure. Yeah. Because so many people say they're going to do something, but it's either so vague where it's like they don't even know if they've completed their goal. I prefer the simple, who are you if not a man of your word? Who are you? If you yeah, exactly. If you, you say know, you're going to do if, something, you don't if you're nothing that you If you're nothing that you say you are, if yeah. you do nothing that you say you do, you do not have my respect. Oh, man. This is gonna. This is gonna sound. Oh fuck! I was trying to be humble, man. So, I sold this guy this bike. Okay. It was a super cycle. Okay. Not the best. It. No, I would. I would. I would say it's the worst <laughs> bike. 
and I sold them from 225 bucks. I show up there and I'm like, yeah, man, honestly, it might need a slight tune up or something like that. Like here, I'll even do 200. I'm negotiating with myself. I said, just mm-hmm. take the bike. It's 200 bucks. Yeah. He goes, okay. And he takes his 25 bucks back and gives me 200. I'm like, there you go. Have a great day. He leaves. And then he's like, the handlebars fell off. It's not changing gears. The back brakes don't work. Like it's fucked. Right. And yeah. right in the description, I put, like, in every bike I saw, I say, tuned and ready to ride. This was not tuned or ready to ride. Like, to the naked eye, there wasn't a scratch on the bike. But mechanically, yeah. it was falling apart. I'm like, fuck, I charged this guy $200 for shit. And, yeah. like, it sat in my in the back of my head for, like, not one or two days. Like, for, like, six weeks. I was, like, losing sleep over it. I'm like, I fucked this guy over. And I'm so empathetic. Like, I was putting myself in his shoes, and I was just getting mad. I'm like, yeah. this fucker, Shane, like, just screwed <laughs> me over, man. And I'm like, oh, and I'd like wake up in like a cold sweat. Like, I just fucked this guy over. So I, I just like woke up one morning, like almost two months later. And I'm like, I'm going to message this guy. And I'm like, hey, man, because he he started flaming me. He's like, he's like, bro, like you sold me a shit bike. Like I just got screwed and all that. And so I messaged him back like two months later. I'm like, man, I want to make this right. Like I can give you your money back in full. Keep the bike or I'll just give you a replacement bike. And he's like. I want a replacement bike. I'm like, fuck. I don't, I don't have any like shitty bikes and I don't want to give him a shitty bike either. He's gone through hell. Yeah. So but like I, an equivalent in value. Nah, bro. It was like three, four times the, the fucking $200. Wow. I got to buy a shitty bike off you then. Yeah. And, and so I give him my Aquila and it was like SLX drivetrain. It was like, it was fucking nice. Yeah. And he's like, he's like praise me up and down. He make it like a firm, like handshake. And he just like, look me in the eyes. Like, thanks man. And he walked away. And right away as he said that, bro, I literally felt like 10 pounds lighter. Yeah. And I'm like, that is literally something money can't buy. Like money just bought me mental health to the nth degree. Because I would literally be on my fucking deathbed thinking like 90 years later, like, oh, I really screwed Doug. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then within like, I don't care if it cost me 600 bucks. I don't, I don't give a fuck. You know what yeah. I mean? That made the me end, feel it worth it. so much better about myself as a, a person, like yeah. integrity. Like I'm a good person. I can sleep at night. Like that's something money can't buy. You know You're what right. I mean? It's a good conscience. You're right. But in that situation, it kind of did. So uh, screw being humble. Everyone learn from my mistakes. Don't screw people over in the first place. Or if you do. I'm usually, I usually just try to be as honest as I can mm-hmm. with things I'm selling. I don't sell a lot of things on like Facebook marketplace yeah. or Gigi, but like I've sold a lot of cars and I'm usually pretty honest with it. Yeah. Oh, uh, for because, sure. Like, cause to me there, there's, there's no point. Yeah. Like at, at the end of the day, because the more honest you are about it, the more the people, the, like the guy you're selling to the mm-hmm. understands that once they buy it, it's, it's theirs. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, like, listen, this, this car is your now, na- yours now, mm-hmm. whatever happens is beyond me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, I told you, these are the issues with it. These are the good things about it. Yeah. You've chosen to buy this as the state that I hold myself for it to be. Yeah. And so whatever he, happens he, at this point is on you. Here's why I probably felt like shit because I said like, do you want to ride the bike? Like first, you want to try it before you buy? He's like, no, no, man, you have great reviews online. I trust you. And I'm uh, like, fuck. <laughs> and the thing is like, I knew you just wanted that, him to ride it so it'd fall apart. Then yeah, you'd be but like, the thing oh, is, darn. like when I was, when I had it on the bike stand and all that, I didn't know that the handlebars were like loose or anything like that. Like, yeah. And I, I felt like, oh, the gears, like, they must be a little work, but like they're fine. It still gets into most of them, right? But I don't know, man. 
apparently the bike just felt like shit, right? Yeah. And I wouldn't have sold it to him in that condition if I knew it was like that bad. Yeah, if it's like sat in the back of your garage and like you've never ridden it to like know the pure state of the bike. Exactly. It's like it was just been sitting there collecting dust. I'm like, all right, fuck, time to get rid of it. Boom, sold in a day. And then it's like, turns out it's a piece of shit. But there's like that Italian saying that's like, buyer beware. You know what I mean? Yeah. You buy some shit online, it's yours. Yeah. And I know like some, some of my friends that buy and sell shit online, it's like, fuck, man, they bought it. Like, even if it was broken and they knew it and it was broken and they gave it to him, it's like, oh, fuck, yeah. buyer, buyer we bear, beware, man. It's yeah. like, the yeah, knowledge, you can't fall yeah, back yeah. on that. The knowledge that I know about the product that I'm selling is the knowledge that I make sure the buyer knows e- about it. Exactly. So if it's like, oh, well, you sold me and the handlebars were loose. Like, sorry, mm-hmm. man, I didn't know the handlebars were yeah. loose. And like, I this genuinely did my bike. Yeah. I'm just selling it. Exactly. You know? So... I don't know. All I learned from that like experience was is if there's been something that's like nagging you in the back of your mind for months where it's like, fuck, I really want to like apologize to that person or like, Oh, I really want to make this situation right. Just do it, man. Because you're wasting so much like time and energy thinking about that, like negative shit. Yeah. Where it's going to take you. And I, I even like, I was creating situations in my mind. Like what if I go there and he has a bunch of goons and they like beat the shit out of me. That, <laughs> that's why I'm not going to deliver the bike to him. But it's like, Shane, Shut the fuck up, man. Like, <laughs> go. Why, why are they going to beat you up? Because he gave this guy a $600 bike. Because I, I screwed him over in the first place. That was my thought process. Like, he's going to jump me or You're right. It shit. definitely sounds like a possibility. Yeah, I don't know, right? And I'm like, that's going to be the reason why I quit. But it's like, you know what? It's going to man up, live, live up to my uh, own standards. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> is that what I'm going to say to everyone when I fuck him over on Kijiji? Eh, it is, it what, is, it is. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> just drop that I didn't know emoji <laughs> yeah we we usually uh, throw that around at work but in a different sense so like if you help somebody do something mm-hmm. on, on a car and say like it messes up it doesn't work yeah and we always throw around the phrase it's not my car <laughs> oh man <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things like say like I help guy beside me do something and the thing that we did didn't work oh well like like for me it's not my car because it's got your name on the work order. You got to yeah. fix it. Now. That would scare me as a mechanic where it's like, okay, fuck, I do not know what to do. I ask for outside help and it still doesn't work. It's like, shit. Yeah. What do you Some, even do in that situation? Call for like a supervisor backfires. or something like that? I'm like, what do I do here? Well, you either get them back or you have to figure it out for yourself. Mm. But it is what it is. Wow. That's wild. Speaking of it being is what it is, it is the conclusion of this podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have listened to this podcast, text us the keyword bubbly. And tell us how you like these shorter form episodes. What is this, Steven? 45 minutes? 43 minutes. Yeah, I'm liking it. Yeah, I I feel like it's a lot more... um, Bite-sized. Yeah. It's a lot more, like, listenable. You know, like, if it's, like, an hour and a half, you know, you gotta gotta devote some time to it. Exactly. 45 minutes. Everyone's got 45 minutes a day. It's a daunting task to listen to a full hour and a half podcast. Exactly. Especially when you got two hunks like us talking over the mics the whole time. You gotta pay real close attention to us. It'll actually be easy, because, you know, you're just so dumbfounded by the absolute just melody that's going over the mic right now by our voices. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much for... If you enjoyed this podcast, please let your friends know. It really helps us out. Take it easy.